Welcome to Season 2 of the Pogel Podcast. I'm Matt Tarka, producer of the Pogel Podcast for the Pogel Project. Pogel stands for Process-Oriented Guided Inquiry Learning, a student-centered approach that guides students in constructing their own understanding of content and helps them develop important skills such as teamwork, communication, critical thinking, and problem-solving. The Pogel Podcast is an ongoing conversation from the Pogel Project that celebrates innovative educators both in and out of the classroom. For our fifth episode this season, we will focus on the third of five strategic goals in the Pogel Project's strategic plan, which is diversity and inclusivity, guiding principles and learning communities program. Today, co-host Alex Gruschow, who is a professor of chemistry at Ryder University and chair of the Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry, interviews Pope practitioners Dr. Teresa Bixby and Dr. Michael Bruno. Alex, Michael, and Teresa, thank you for being here today to discuss the importance of the strategic goal. And Alex, I will now pass the baton over to you. This season, we will explore the inner workings of the Pogel Project. Project, it turns out, is not just about creating materials and disseminating them to the broader educational community. There are many other activities that people in the organization undertake to promote the mission of the project. We'll talk to educators around the country who have worked to steer and shape various aspects of the Pogel Project. Through different episodes this season, listeners will learn about many opportunities to participate in the workings of the project. In this episode, we will discuss the work related to one area of our strategic plan, and that is focused on diversity, equity, and inclusivity. With me today is Michael Bruno and Teresa Bixby. Michael teaches at the North Carolina School of Science and Mathematics, and Teresa teaches at Lewis University in Illinois. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Alex. Hi, Alex. So in earlier episodes, we've discussed the working groups and how they stem from the strategic plan and that these working groups to get together at the PNM and continue working throughout the year. And so I want to start with the description of this particular working group. Um, as one might expect, activities related to diversity and equity can be quite involved. Um, could you both explain your role in the project in this area? Um, Teresa, let, let's start with you. Well, when you go to a PNM, you're invited to select which working groups you might want to work on. And uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion was appealing to me as a, as a thrust. So I, you check that box and I was put on the, on the working group. So you show up and it's really about um, where do you think you can support the mission of Pogel, Pogel Project, um, in this area. And I think we, as a larger group, we had a lot of people the last time I was there. Uh, and we, we came up with a few goals and then we decided to break into three pieces. So our piece is focused on really providing equitable pathways to leadership opportunities within the project. So we wanna to try to diversify what PNM looks like and how do we help practitioners or new practitioners or practitioners of underrepresented um, ethnicities become involved at that level. Okay, thank you. Uh, Michael, can you tell us a little bit more about what you've been involved with? Yeah, so I um, in, in my third year on the steering committee, but I've been involved in the uh, diversity, equity, and, and inclusion work that the project has been doing probably for the last five years in different iterations. And so 
I serve as the liaison to Teresa's working group, which is these professional learning communities. And my role there is really, I, I support the group and I, I support the work of that group, but I also liaise with the rest of the steering committee and the other working groups that are working on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we have other areas that the project is focused on. As Teresa said, this group is, her group is really working on bringing, diversifying the leadership of the Pogo community, but we're also working on reaching communities that we haven't really been able to reach before through targeted workshops and getting other other faculty interested in Pogo at universities that are serving minoritized students or universities that are primarily urban or first generation students trying to get the project to be more than sort of a sort of typical liberal arts college experience that you might have. So we're working really hard on that, um, as well as working to network other practitioners together. And so it all it all is a, a gigantic web. And one of the things, as you know, Teresa said, the participants of the PNM who were interested in working on this was vast. And the scope of the project, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, is vast. And so. Uh, it was vital that we we broke into multiple working groups and that that could interact with each other because this work is really systemic. The third area of programming um, for uh, program practitioners is to explore these ideas of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, we've had some book clubs over the last several years to get practitioners thinking about how to look at an equity lens in their own classrooms in the context of being a public practitioner. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> and I mean, we do, as, as you both said, we have, we have a number of people who have participated in, in this work. Um, you know, again, the, the work stems from the strategic plan, and that is a statement that this work is of value to the community. The fact that a number of people who get invite, invited to the PM want to participate in this work says that a lot of people have you know value this work is, is this something new to the project or has this been around for a while michael do you want to tackle that yeah so um i i don't think it's it's new to the project the project has been thinking about this i think since since really the first strategic plan um but only within the last iteration of the plan has the real need for operationalizing the this this work has sort of come to the forefront and so we see that um as the working groups have evolved and as the project has thought more deeply and more explicitly about how it can be more diverse equitable and inclusive this work has grown and become more more structuralized within the project. And that's why you see these learning communities. We see more formalized areas of the book club and, and you know, we see a, a more focused and intentional work around this area. Okay. So um, a little while back, you worked with uh, Gail Webster. Uh, that's, she's another person in the Pogo community who's worked on these issues to develop a document called Guiding Principles for Diversity, Equity, Inclusion in the Pogo Project. Um, the document is prominent on the Pogo website. You can find it through the About Pogo Project page. Um, can you tell our listeners about this document and uh, why you think this was important for the project? 
Yeah, of course. So the you know the project really values inclusive learning environments for students and in, instructors. And when we looked at the strategic plan, which was to increase diversity and inclusivity of the Pogo community and the students it served, what we realized through these discussions at the PNM and through other working groups was that the project couldn't really attain these goals unless it took explicit steps, intentional, explicit, systemic, and ongoing steps to make sure that we were achieving our goals. Because we could talk about equity, diversity, and inclusion, but we really needed to have, do something to institutionalize it. And as we had these conversations and realized how important it was at every level of the project to be focused on making a diverse and inclusive environment in all aspects with just within the project leadership, within the project organization, within the activities, within the workshops themselves, we needed a, a document that guided everything that the project did so that we could look at what we were doing in all of these different areas and make sure that we were effectively applying principles of DEI. Okay. And I mean, you know, I, I say that it was you and Gail did this, but it wasn't just the two of you. I mean, this is, this is part of like a working group sort of came and, and also did some work with this and, and sort of, you know, it met with approval at some point. It wasn't just the two of you just dropped this down and said, here, we're all good, right? No, no, abso absolutely not. So that came out of a working group from probably two or maybe even three years ago, where we were discussing these ideas and coming up with ways to get down on paper what we needed to be doing as an organization. And so that, that came through many discussions. And um, Gail and I hammered out the final draft but that went through the steering committee that went through um, other parts of the Pogo community. We shared it out with other parts of the community for input um, once it was written. And so it was a real collaborative effort. Yeah. Okay. And I think that that's important for people to realize that none of these things just come from one or two people in the project. Um, that, that a lot of these, a lot of things that come out are really team efforts with a lot of people thinking about, many different aspects, uh, you know, moving things forward. So, Teresa, I want to turn it over to you. You're, you're on the same working group, um, but you have a, a different focus, as you said earlier. Can you tell me a little bit more about your working on for the project? Yeah. The, our portion of the working group felt that supporting, the, once, once uh, we recruit other practitioners, uh, or new practitioners that that might be underrepresented or serve underrepresented students, perhaps, um, there are a lot of other barriers to them just coming to a workshop. And there are barriers to them coming to workshops. Um, but once they have come to a workshop, there's a lot of barriers to them sustaining their practice. So one thing that we thought that would be um, a, a support mechanism, I suppose, would be to create um, professional learning communities within Pogo for those new practitioners who maybe in the last one or two years have gone to a workshop and they're perhaps struggling because they're the only um, practitioner at their university or in their department. And we wanted to provide some kind of support network for them. So the learning communities pair 
uh, one experienced practitioner as a leader of their community with four or five um, participants who are newer practitioners. And we're hoping to just give them um, an opportunity to talk with somebody and network with others and create that community, um, but also address any specific issues that they have with facilitation or connect them with other resources that we have, the optic, um, the, the activity clearinghouse, um, get them into the culture, I suppose, of Pogel, and but also to allow Pogel project to expand its own culture to include more people. Um, and once we support new practitioners and we include them in our community, we're hoping that they will come to PNM and really be sponsored into leadership positions throughout the steering committee, uh, the NCAP uh, work committee that runs NCAP, um, any working group, you know, we, we've just been talking about the impact that working groups have on the work of the project, right? So just having them making sure that they're included, but also welcome and that they feel comfortable when they come so that they're really a part of our community. So it, it sounds like this, the, the learning community project is it, almost based on mentoring like new people who, who have been to a workshop or two maybe, um, but want to do more. So, so this is partly a mentoring activity. So how did this sort of uh, stem from diversity, equity, and inclusion? And, and why is this important for the project? Yeah, I think uh, our working group felt that one pathway to getting people to come into those leadership positions, right, if we want to diversify our leadership, was to make sure that they are welcome and feel included in the community. So if they're new practitioners and they don't have support at their institution because of resources or because they're the only one who's there, um, they're less likely to participate at, at PNM or go to NCAP or any of those things or really to become a part of our of our tight-knit community that we have. We're very supportive. I think the thing that that I love the most about Pogel, right, is the the community of like-minded educators. And there are a lot of, of other like-minded educators out there that just don't have the resources. So I think finding those new practitioners who don't have those resources and trying to help them, you know, support them so that they see that we have resources to provide to them. It's a, it's a benefit to them, but also um, we get their, uh, we get the benefit of their perspective and we broaden our community, our own community and strengthen it in that way. So I think the more we can reach out and support those new practitioners, the, the, more um, diversified and, and inclusive we will be in the future. Okay. And, and um, if I can add, you know, Teresa spoke eloquently about what, what we're doing and it really ties back to our guiding principles that in order to support new practitioners and, and increase the diversity of the project, we need to be intentional, explicit, systemic and ongoing. And this effort came out of that need to support that Teresa was talking about. You, we can't cultivate new practitioners without making sure that the project is devoting the time and effort to do that. Right, yeah, that, that makes sense. So um, Teresa, can you tell our audience about 
this learning community project, what, what does it involve? What does it entail? Just in a, in a minute or two there. Yeah, we're in the, the inaugural, <laughs> the pilot version of the program right now. Uh, we had both leaders and participants apply over the summer. Um, and we sort of selected both leaders and participants and paired them up. Um, so we have two learning communities that are based in higher ed and two learning communities that are a K-12 focus. And we're hoping that they meet on a, um, a semi-regular basis um, to support their practitioners, their new practitioners in whatever ways that, that, that they need support. So we have a, a loose set of programming so that uh, the leaders have a little bit of support as well in, in what to, to help with anything from preparing a POGOL activity for class um, so that facilitators know when to break out and how to report out and that sort of operational things, um, how to deal with team formation or switching teams, uh, anything from those things to getting observations to being paired with a, a content expert, right? Perhaps their leader is not a content, content expert. We can try to pair them up with somebody in their field to give them specific feedback. And then in the summer, next summer, after a, a year of maybe 10 one hour sessions, you know, as their community to support each other, um, we're hoping that they come back. So if they participated all, all summer or all year all, through the academic year, we're hoping that they come back and, and participate in, a, in an advanced workshop, uh, maybe a, a summer workshop or a writing workshop. Um, and then if they stick around for maybe a second year, uh, which we're trying to plan, then maybe after the second year, um, they come to PNM and really start to engage in the work of the project. Okay, so, so this is really a way for somebody who is new to a project, they've been to a workshop or they've done one of the virtual workshops and, and they want to uh, get connected. And, and there's information about this sent out through the workshops. Is that correct? So we did do some advertising through the workshops. Um, the deadline for application was a bit early for all of them. So um, we had the POGO office send out a, an email, or a, like an advertisement email to anybody who had taken a workshop in the last two years. Um, and so it really is targeted for new practitioners um, to get some support in their first few years of implementation. Um, in next year, it looks like we're going to be trying to start a little earlier, so um, we probably won't be advertising in the workshops as much, but we'll be advertising in the throughout the spring semester. Okay, so people should look for that if this seems like something they might want, get it, might want to get involved with. Mm -hmm. um, so we've discussed in previous podcasts, you know, that the working groups do work somewhat independently, that is, they all meet during the PM. But they also do share ideas. And, uh, you know, Michael, you alluded to the fact that your role is sort of to help be a liaison between, you know, different working groups and then the steering committee. Can either of you speak to the synergies of your work with other activities within the project? I'll let one of you jump in. I, I can jump in. The, the, the synergy happens not just with the sub working groups that are focused on equity, diversity and inclusion, but sort of throughout the whole the whole project itself, we have um, a lot of discussion actually with the networks group. So there's a whole group that is focused on getting practitioners to network with each other uh, in the form of social media and other other groups. You may um, 
listeners may may not be aware, we have a Pogo Practitioners Facebook group um, where practitioners discuss um, everything from classroom management to new activity ideas. Um, and so getting our, the, our targeted practitioners involved in these learning communities to these learning communities to get enrolled in those groups and, and learn more about what other working groups are doing. Um, you know, the goal of these learning communities is to help support the practitioners, not just through their first year or two of using this pedagogy, but also to help support them with the resources that the project offers. And so we have other working groups focused on activity writing. So the PAC, the Pogo Activity Clearinghouse. And so we network with those groups to help support the learning communities to learn all of the ways in which the project can support their pedagogy. We also, uh, Michael did a great job of sort of explaining how we connect to the other disparate working groups that sort of address the other um, goals of the strategic plan. But as you said, Alex, there are multiple um, sub working groups, I suppose, for the diversity, equity and inclusion. And one of the ones that we're the most tightly bound to is the targeted recruitment group um, that Joanne Roque is is the chair of. So she is working to provide workshops for um, historically underrepresented um, practitioners and they're targeting that recruitment and we're uh, we've agreed to keep in contact with her team to make sure that we hold spots so if she she has participants in her workshops that would like to participate in the learning communities they'll still have to apply but we have spots specifically um, sort of held for those practitioners right. yeah and and actually we're we will be doing a podcast about the strategic collaborations um, a little bit later on, uh, talking with uh, Joan Roke and also uh, Joyce Easter. Um, so that was a little foreshadowing there. Um, so I said at the beginning that much of the initial work of, of the working groups is done at the PM. Um, the PM is just the starting place, though. Um, it's sort of where we operationalize the strategic plan and we focus the activities of the working groups. Can you tell me a little bit about what gets done throughout the year? Uh, I mean, like with the learning communities, clearly you've sort of gotten that those groups up and running and now it's up to the learning community leaders to sort of keep that rolling. Um, but what other things do people in your working group do throughout the year? Right now, our working group is focused on uh, trying to figure out how successful the program is sort of as it's going. So we're collecting feedback from the leaders and the participants. Um, we did that uh, a few weeks ago, and then we'll do it again midterm, and we'll do it at, um, at the end of the year, at the academic year. Um, and how to improve that. So we have already a lot of improvements. You know, you try something, you learn something. Um, but also looking ahead to if those participants want to stick around for a second year, what does that program look like in the second year of the learning community? And are they going to participate with new practitioners or are they going to have their own team? And how do we integrate those um, so that we really are strengthening those connections? Um, where, so we're talking a lot about programming moving forward, making the current program even better, how do we get the word out there? How do we make sure we're supporting as many practitioners as possible? 
if someone's new to our Pogo community and, and maybe they're not connected yet to one of these learning communities, or they, you know, they've been uh, using Pogo for a while, but they haven't had a chance to go to a PNM, but they're interested in issues of uh, diversity and inclusivity. What can they bring to the table? Uh, anything that, that you guys might be able to say uh, about other opportunities? So there are many ways that practitioners can get involved um, in diversity and inclusion aspects of the project. Um, we have a, currently we have a book club running where uh, the practitioners are reading Zaretta Hammond's Culturally Responsive Teaching in the Brain, um, having discussions on that. We have a series of e-series. I believe that Teresa is involved in one of those e-series, so I'll let her, her talk about the e-series that we're doing. Yeah, um, our next e-series is about uh, grading for equity, and that's based on Joe Feldman's book, Grading for Equity. And uh, Tina Hansen, Lewis, and myself are going to sort of approach uh, formative feedback versus summative feedback and how do we incorporate grades in an equitable way in our, in our classroom? So that's coming up in November. Okay. And, and the E-series um, workshops, those are, uh, those are visible on the, on the POGO website. So people can find out about those if they didn't, if they didn't get one of the, uh, the emails from the, the POGO project. So again, many of these activities are, advertised in, in multiple venues. Again, so the regular emails saying what's coming up next in the, in the POGO project, but then also uh, you can find out about these things from the POGO website. I think this has been really interesting because I think the work of the POGO project in this area of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, it mirrors things that are going on across the country, across higher education in particular, and you know the fact that we are paying particular attention to it um, just goes to show you know what the community values. And I really appreciate the time that both of you have taken discussing uh, your experiences and your your activity uh, on behalf of the uh, Pogo project. Thank you very much. Great to talk to you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. It was a pleasure. Please tune in to more Pogo podcasts later this season for more details on the activities of the Pogo Project and how you can become involved in this community of practitioners. Thanks to all of you for listening to today's conversation on the Pogo Podcast. For additional details on how you can engage with the Pogo Project or its working groups, contact Associate Director Marcy Dubroff at marcy.dubroff at pogle.org. That's M-A-R-C-Y dot D-U-B-R-O-F-F at pogle.org. The Pogel Project is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to make a donation so we can keep providing podcasts, low-cost workshops, and classroom materials, please visit www.pogel.org backslash donate. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Pogel practitioner Wayne Pearson. Please join us next time where we discuss the fourth goal of Pogel's strategic plan, assessment of Pogel Learning Environment via the Optic app. Until then, enjoy your week.